Hey folks, it's your pal Mike Shea from SlyFlourish.com and Twitter.com slash SlyFlourish here with another episode of SlyFlourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Times on Sundays in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am running a homebrew Eberron campaign called The Second Morning. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. If you want to become a patron of Sly Flourish, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish and becoming a patron. Patron have, patrons have exclusive access to a, uh, a patron-exclusive Discord channel. They have access to a unique adventure, a, a, an adventure just for patron subscribers called Regnum Rattus, the Rats in the Cellar. Uh, I'm also putting out a couple of new projects there. One is called Adventure Generators. This is a list of, or a set of one-page generators to help you to help inspire adventures they're usually set up with a bunch of different random tables around a particular theme like jaws or heart of darkness or seven samurai and you can take that general adventure theme and then roll on this list and inspire your own adventures built built around that theme uh, i'm also working on a new project over there called sly flourishes uncovered secrets uh, the uncovered secrets are one-page guidelines to help make running D&D easier. These go hand-in-hand -hand with the material found in the Lazy DM's workbook. They're very similar. And you can actually print them out and slide them into your workbook and use them the same way you would use the material in your workbook. Examples for those are running hordes, a new alternative set of rules for running a large number of monsters. Uh, I have another one where I'm going to do like a city generator um, that I'm working on. And there's another one coming out this month. Uh, that I did, and that is zone-based combat. So uh, zone-based combat is a, a faster and easier way uh, to run combat in D&D that uh, you can use everything from theater of the mind to very detailed, uh, uh, very detailed like 3D battle terrain with miniatures and everything in between, maps and abstract maps and everything else, uh, defining combat areas into zones instead of using a five-foot increment uh, idea. So uh, that is one that I'm working on. Uh, patrons who uh, are hanging out in the uh, patron channel, the, the Sly Flourish Patreon channel on Discord have seen a free preview of that. There's a preview of that and I'm getting feedback on it and that way I can kind of roll it out and then at the end of the month I'll roll that one into the Sly Flourish's Fantastic or Fantastic Secrets, Sly Flourish's Uncovered Secrets. And um, yeah, and I've got a whole bunch of those uh, coming out. Many of them are ideas that you might have seen on the Sly Flourish website that are further refined, tested out a bit. Uh, and cleaned up to be a one-page sort of rules supplement. Think of this as like Sly Flourish's Unearthed Arcana. Uh, same sort of idea. But the, the whole theme is to put one-page guidelines to help DMs, to, to, to make it easier for DMs to run D&D games. That's, that's the goal of these things. So, uh, I last, uh, my mom is here. Hello, Mom. And Evil John is here. Yay. And He's Not Your Problem is here. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Um, so last week, the characters were in Kyber, in the depths of the underworld of Eberron known as Kyber. And Kyber is an interesting uh, place because it is, it's like under un, the underdark of the Forgotten Realms. It's all caves and underground stuff. But it has an, a, a weird, uh, surreal nature to it as well. Distances there don't really make sense. You can walk down a hallway and travel a thousand miles and not realize it. Uh, there's this, the deeper you go, the closer you get to the realm of Zoriath, the realm of madness and creatures from Zoriath. Uh, so, and there's these really powerful monsters known as the Daleker that come from Kyber. So Kyber is its own crazy area. And one of the things that I'm trying to do with my Eberron campaign is give a good tasting sample of all of it. Like I want the players to really experience a lot of Eberron, right? And there's certainly like, you can't, you can't really go in depth in every area. 
but I want them to get a touch of a lot of different things. And so like I started the campaign in Sharn, I introduced many different houses, I introduced a number of factions, uh, like the Knights Dark Lanterns or Knight, uh, King's Dark Lanterns, uh, the Dask, um, a little bit with the Boromir clan, but not so much. Um, the Droam and the uh, the uh, the Dakani, like the the old Goblin Empire, I want to throw that in there, and uh, but also touch heavily on the Mornland and Zendrak, these two other major locations. Uh, so I really want the players to kind of you know whenever somebody talks about a particular area of Eberron, they go, oh yeah, we did a little bit of that in in this campaign. So I'm I'm trying to kind of touch on a little bit of it. So I wanted so it it was convenient that the way the campaign went, they went into the underworld and into Kyber, and I got to introduce some of Kyber. And last week, the the game began with them facing a creature known as a Balhanath. Now, the stock Balhanath, let's go to our... Uh, the stock Balhanath uh, <clears throat> is a, uh, a creature from the Shadowfell, but it works so well. I don't need to... I know about Ryan Frostmaid. Uh, it works so well as a Zoriat monster that I that I had it come from Zoriat. And the Balhanath is probably potentially the most unique monster I've ever run in D&D. And the reason why, I mean, it's got your standard stat, 114 hit points, and an AC is 17, and it makes so many attacks. It's actually very powerful for a CR 11. It does a lot of damage. Like, bite attacking on two tentacle attacks, right? And the bite is 25, and each tentacle is 10 plus grapple and restraining. So really nasty, which means, of course, you can do a tentacle and then a bite. And it does bite attacks, which are do 25 damage. Uh, against anyone who has grappled as a legendary action. And it takes three of those. So somebody that's grappled can chomp, 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 and take 100 points of damage. That's CR 11. That's more than, like, Balor's do. So yeah, damage is a little off, maybe. But I don't care because it's off in my favor. That's interesting. However, what's really interesting are the regional effects, right? And the... Um, or the, the lair actions and the regional actions. Balhanath warps reality around at a 500 square foot. After 10 minutes, the terrain and reshapes assume the appearance of a location sought by one intelligent creature whose mind the Balhanath has read using its regional effect. It can read the minds of anybody within a, within a, a mile of it. And it builds a fake area around it. Uh, so it's a real crazy hunter, right? This this monster just wants to eat stuff, but the way it eats them is by creating an entire virtual world around someone, and then um, they get lost in the virtual world, and it finds them and hunts them and eats them. And I was like, this is a fascinating idea. And if you recall from last week's show, I was thinking about like, okay, well, who is it going to mirror? Like, which one of the characters is it going to build a world around? And I kind of went through all the characters, and I ended up, uh, with a couple of potential options. And then I was like, well, it might be kind of fun to do two of them. So I wanted to do two, and I did two that were pretty far off. So the first one, which was definitely questionable, I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. It's funny, and I kind of like it, and I kind of want to see how it plays out. And I'm like, okay, let's try it and see. And I had just watched the movie The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman, a very funny movie from, I think, like the 70s, right? It's a very old movie. And... Um, in it, uh, so I wanted to use the situation from The Graduate in a D&D game when you're getting attacked by a creature that tries to hit you with tentacles and eat you. And like, how do you do that? And it, the idea was one of the characters, Zarentir, comes from rich, a rich family and he's got father issues. His dad, you know, he got kind of, his dad sort of sent them away after he wrecked an airship and then he stole his dad's airship and wrecked that one too. And so I thought it would be funny if 
they go through, they're in this, they're, they know they're in the depths of Kyber and things are totally weird. And then they walk through a portal and they're in one of Zarentir's summer homes. And there's his parents and they're in their like tennis outfits. And his, all the neighbors are over, the rich neighbors are over. And they're like, oh, I heard you're doing work in Sharn now. Yeah, that's great. Like, when are you going to step into your father's footsteps, you know? And all this kind of like over-oppressive rich family nonsense, right? This rich family BS that's on top of them. And, you know, and then I'm like, and then somehow, who would be the Balhaneth in this situation? I'm like, Mrs. Robinson would be the Balhaneth. And I'm like, okay, that's a little risky, but like, well, maybe we'll keep that in mind and see how it plays out, see how it goes out. And it actually <laughs> worked really nicely where he walks in and there's his family and they're like putting, you know, Bloody Marys in people's hands. And like there's they're covered in dust and dirt from having just fought this army of bugbears to defend an underground city of goblins. And they're like, where the hell are we? Like, what's going on? And the player and some of the players are like, hey, this is great. Right. And they're drinking the drinks. They're like, look outside. Right. And, and Zarentir is like, I go to my room. Right. I'm, I'm not staying here. I'm going to my room. And he goes up, you know, marches up the stairs and he opens his room. And who's sitting on his bed? Mrs. Robinson. And so I say, Mrs. Robinson is sitting on your bed. And, every, and all the players are like, oh, like we've seen this movie, you know, and she's like, why don't you have a seat here on the bed? And he's like, hi, Mrs. Robinson. And then I'm like, and let's cut away. And so we cut away from that. And then they go back and like <laughs> they're all standing around. And like rich people are insulting them. And oh, and, and Lido Skull, the villain, showed up. And all of a sudden, Zarentir's father is really nervous because he's trying to be good, you know, in good with the gold ring Orum guy, Lido Skull. And the players are like, wait a minute, Zarentir's father works for Lido Skull? And, and that was a fun secret to reveal. And uh, so they're figuring that out. And, <laughs> and then uh, Banner, the Warforged, who's still standing there covered in dirt and, and bugbear blood, holding a Bloody Mary in his hand. And he's like, what? Where the hell are we? Like, we were we were in a cave in the middle of Kyber, and we stepped through a weird portal, the natural portal, and now we're in this place. Like, this is weird, right? And they're like, and this drink tastes like shit, right? And he, because <laughs> it doesn't taste like anything, and and they're like, this is weird. And he's like, I'm gonna, this is strange. Like, I'm gonna get away. And people are like, oh, why don't you come and hang out? Because all of the other NPCs are trying to keep the other characters away from the fact that Zarentir is getting eaten by a Balhaneth that looks like Mrs. Robinson up in the, um, up in his bedroom. So. Other characters are starting to figure things out and they're, they're like fighting away and they're like having hard conversations, but they start to figure out like these aren't real people and this isn't real food and we got to get up there. So they make their way up there and they open the door and there's Mrs. Robinson and Zarentir got critted on for 50 damage, which knocked him out completely because it bit him um, and he took 50 damage. He's unconscious. So they walk in and Zarentir is lying on the blood, blood pouring out of wounds on his neck and like a, a crazy multi-limbed, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing version of Mrs. Robinson looking like a crazy spider hag is over the top of him. And she's like, we're occupied. The room's occupied. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we blast the hell out of that thing. So it got into this huge fight. And then Mrs. Robinson in her crazy half spider weird form bolts out the bathroom. She bolts into the bathroom, his private, because of course, Zarentier has a private bathroom in his room with all the models of airships up in the ceiling. And they like quickly heal him. And then somebody bursts through the door and now they're in the Mornland during the war or not in the Mornland. They're in uh, Sire during the war. And uh, now there's like the, 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 the armies of Karnath are attacking a, a small Warforged group. And the characters are being are being like conscripted by Banner's former sergeant who says like, we've got to stop these. And there's like a hundred skeletons 
pouring over this hill and they're like stop them so the character's like this is so much better than that crazy dinner party we were at and they start bashing skeletons and um and then the banner and the sergeant says we got to go find a place and banner starts to go off he's like wait a minute and then like the sergeant grabs him and pulls him in and he's like whoa you're being awfully violent and then they start fighting him there and then it turns out of course banner's sergeant is the balhaneth and then they start to break through oh and at this point shift who has her brother uh uh crash in her head she's a first warforged she's got another warforged crystal in her head of her brother crash former member of the emerald claw and she undoes the firewall between shift and crash so that he can show her what he sees and he sees the actual cavern with the actual balhaneth chewing on banner so she's able to actually see what's real but no one else sees what's real and they're blasting stuff and it's crazy and finally, they, they, they managed to pin the thing down. And it didn't really, it, it failed a lot of its attacks. Like it grabbed, it smashed and grabbed Banner. I think it knocked Banner out. It's the first time Banner's been knocked out. Grabbed him, is pulling him in, getting ready to bite him, and then got force blasted back, which broke the tentacle grab, which means he can't do the bite attack anymore. And then he starts like teleporting, vanishing around. But they finally pinned him down and killed him. And when they kill him, he turns into this molten pile of goo. And all of a sudden, they're in this cavern filled with skulls and bones of all of the other creatures that have come into the Balaneth layer, saw their virtual worlds, and were eaten. And there's lots of treasure and stuff, too. And another door. They hoist up all the treasure. They uh, go through the door. And they end up in um, one of the citadels near uh Arl dusk so and and yeah just to finish this thing so they ended up one of the citadels near Arl dusk they i think they fought a couple of uh those crazy doldrums doldrums the goblin kyber goblins they fought a couple of those guys and then they found a big door that was sealed on the other side and they knock on the door and they say hello and a bunch of people are like who are you and they say we're adventurers and they say like doldrum would say that and they're like no we're not doldrum we just killed the doldrum and they're like, yeah, Dolgrim would say that too. And they're like, well, we're really not. And they're like, well, we'll peek. And they open the door and there's like a bunch of half-elf archers and swordsmen standing there getting ready to cut down uh, Dolgrim. And they go, oh, you kind of look like, come on in. And that was where we ended. So yeah, it was a, most of the session, I think two, at least two hours of the session was the Balhaneth Lair. And um, it's hard to get feedback from everybody in the digital environment, but I know that at least a couple of people really, thought it was one of the better D&D games they've had just because of how zany it was. And they loved the Mrs. Robinson angle and they thought the, they thought the Balhaneth was a, was a wild monster to fight. They were all like, all the DMs were like, I got to look this guy up, right? Like this, this monster was crazy. And it really is. It's an example. This is kind of true in D&D in general. But uh, the, the way to kind of pick a monster out and build an entire lair that fits that monster's ecology and everything is really fun. I think that uh, Monster knows... Um, uh, tactics. Uh, the monsters know what they're doing. If you're not following this blog, you really should. Keith Amon is, or Keith Amon is the guy who writes it. Uh, I've met him. I had him on the DM deep dive and, um, boy, he's got a long article about this. So, uh, I haven't, I didn't read this. I should have read it and we should read it, but I'm not gonna read it right now, but it's probably worth taking a look at. Cause he always has really smart ideas about looking at a stat block and figuring out well, how does that mean? How a monster acts um in a given situation uh not just tactics but like based on its intelligence this is the kind of thing it would do so he really uh, uh keith really takes a hard look at the stats that a monster has and says the stats determine how it fights and i think that's a really interesting uh way to to, to think about it um 
so yeah, really one of the more unique monsters I've ever faced. A hard monster because you got to think ahead about like what kind of lair is it going to build and what how how does the Balhaneth try to separate? This is really tricky. How does the Balhaneth try to separate out the party so that it can devour one, but not in a way that's not fun for the rest of the party to try to go save their friend? Because at the end of the day, we're trying to have fun with our friends. And if we're dicks using the Balhaneth, we're going to separate them out and kill them. And that sucks. So you want them to be able to kind of figure out and hunt down. And you want that risk of our friend is in trouble, but we don't know where. And we don't know who these stupid bunch of rich people are. You want to try to noodle through that, right? And and set up the situation so they can sort of figure it out. It's like a big puzzle combat thing. It's really interesting. So that was a lot of fun. Um, not terribly hard to set up because you saw me set it up in the last session's uh, DM prep. So it didn't take... Terribly, I didn't spend a lot of time on it. I did give him a lair. I did sort of build a, um, I, I think I picked a map, but I ended up throwing the map away because I, I, all I needed was like a cave with a bunch of ca small, a big cavern with a bunch of caves off of it. And it would try to drag people off into the caves and eat them while the rest of them were in the cavern dealing with whatever the virtual world was. I need to breathe. So that was really interesting. Um, and that is where uh, we ended was them meeting the other group. So we're going to uh, pull up our notes today uh, and get ready. Uh, oh, uh, how does it work? Evil John, I forget. Do I say exclamation mark notion? Yay, look at that. If you're curious about notion, I just talked about it in the chat. It's also in the chat down below. The tool that I'm using for this is called notion. Uh, there's a whole other series of um, Whole other series of shows where I talk about how to use Notion that I'm not going to do today, uh, but you can learn all about it by clicking links and stuff like that uh, in the show notes. So uh, we click on this and we duplicate our planning template. Drag that to the top. Uh, today we're going to talk a lot about cities. Uh, so today is 13. Sunday, Eberron. We have our notes. Uh, I'm going to tailor a few things here, like I uh, tailor into the like banner Z, saber, Shane, uh, shift. Uh, I should add that to the template. Uh, and we delete. This is my Wednesday group. I don't, don't need them in the Sunday notes. Uh, let me do a little cleanup here. We go to the session planning template. because You don't want your session planning template to be wrong because you have to fix it every time. Uh, whoops. So we fix that. What's this thing you wonder? Probably. Uh, this is notes for me to run with Avre and Discord. I use this to kind of keep the marching order going. I can also use it for my one-dimensional battle maps, uh, which I've talked about in previous shows. Um, and I use this for my instant initiative, which I really dig. It's a one roll. You type bang, roll in it, and it rolls initiative for everybody in the group. And I love it. It's so nice. It's so much faster uh, than having everybody rolled in it. So we go to the show notes, and we're going to review the characters. So let's uh, open link, uh, go to Notion here, and we'll go to Sunday characters. So in our characters, we have Saber. Saber is a um, shifter, monk, bounty hunter, member of the Four Winds Monastery. Uh, and uh, yeah, he, I forget what he did during the, I think, uh, yeah, I think he sat and drank his Mai Tais. Um, Zarentir, uh has father issues. He is a House Delander, um, Storm Sorcerer, uh, 
storm sorcerer, storm marked guy uh, who stole his father's airship and wrecked it twice now. Um, we have Shift, one of the first Warforged, maybe the first Warforged ever made in a junction between the nation, the undead nation of Karnath and the, um, uh, the artificers of House Kenneth. And uh, she had, her brother was built at the same time, a Warforged named Crash, who was working for the Emerald Claw. And she now has Crash in her head, uh, riding shotgun. And there used to be a firewall between Crash and Shift that Chi had put in place, but she turned it off so she could see the Balhanath. So now Crash has full access to her memories and could theoretically grab control, but so far he doesn't know what's going on. I don't think Crash is as much of the bad guy as he used to be. Uh, we have Shane Husk, famed novelist, writer about the last war. Uh, war or he's a um, hobgoblin uh, wizard, uh, mostly the slasher type wizard. And um, yeah, always trying to find the next big book. Um, we have Banner, uh, who is a uh, Warforged, former member of the, um, and this will probably come up now that they're getting closer, former member of the Lord of Blades group, the, the, the followers of the Lord of Blades, but then broke away and became a member of the Becoming God, which is also going to come up. So he might have a fair bit of fair bit going on for him. Uh, we have Arwen Chi Sizu, who is a, uh, in, uh, uh, not an aberrant dragon mark, but a um, inherent, inherited, inherited dragon mark. So not a, not a named house person of house, um, oh, what house? House Civis. Uh, and her father gave her a dodecahedron, a, a double dodecahedron that has inside of it a compass that can lead to Claw Rift. So those are the characters uh in in today's game and i think we're gonna we do that so that we have them firmly in mind when we are um uh when we're figuring things out so strong start so the last strong start there we got getting eaten by balhaneth i don't think we always need to have a strong start that uh like just knocks the doors out of things uh, sometimes it's okay to have like a good thing happen um but we might yeah, I don't know. On the other hand, I got an idea for a strong start, but let's, we're going to come back to the strong start for a minute and, and talk a little bit more about like where they are and what's going on. So they are, there are two fortresses. Uh, let's open up our Corvair map here. Uh, so the area that we're, that we're going to, the area where we are is, uh, uh, where is it? So Eston is where they want to go. Arl Dusk is the name of the city that they're headed to. And there are two keeps near, near Arl Dusk. Uh, Arathon Keep, which is where they are now, and Angwar Keep, which is where uh, the Warforged are. And there is a secret tunnel between Angwar Keep and Eston. And Eston is where they're trying to get to. Uh, Eston is a former capital of House Kenneth that has fallen since the morning. And uh, interestingly enough... I'm going to kind of mix Eston and there's another city called Metro way over here. And originally in my head, this is where you can hang on to things too tight and it can, it can, it can cause problems. Uh, I was originally thinking that the storyline would be uh, go from, you know, go to Sharn, do all the stuff in Sharn, um, then go to Eston which would be a little bit more civilized and then somehow go from Eston to Metro and then Metro to uh, uh, making in the glass plateau, but 
what I realized is like getting all the way from Eston to Metro is kind of dumb. How about we just go straight from Eston to making? And then everything that I was planning to do in Metro, I could just move to Eston. And then that works more nice, you know, that works more nicely uh, from my story perspective. It gives me like an outline of like where things are going to go. And I think I can get there. So an example is like, I can kind of write out uh, the loose outline of the rest of the campaign from, from this, right? And well, uh, so let me, let me add another, uh, uh, we're just for funsies. I'm going to put a, um, new header in here and, uh, new bullets. And so the campaign outline is, uh, Angwar Keep, um, Arl Dusk. Uh, Esten, you'll note I'm using the hyperlink thing. Um, uh, Karshak, uh, making, and then finally Clawrift. So right there, I have you know. Oh, and Angwar Keep, of course, can be can be hyperlinked as well. So what does this mean? Yeah, uh, so uh, Snark Knight says, cut that Gordian knot. Exactly. Like sometimes your campaign just gets so complicated and you're like, man, no one cares, right? We, like we're just having fun playing D&D. Go ahead and, and it's not linear. Like having six locations isn't linear. I don't know what's going to happen in these locations. Uh, but one of the things that could happen actually in, uh, oh, so I've got another one, which is the other keep. What's the name of the other keep? Uh, uh, Arathon, right? Or is Arathon where, no, Arathon's where they are now. Crap, I did it wrong. So Angwar Keep goes, can I move this? Do, do, do. No, don't, don't move them all, just this one. Uh, that one goes after Arl Dusk. And then we go here. Uh, so, sorry, I've got more places. Angwar Keep. Arl Dusk. Did I just screw that up again? Arathon Keep. Arathon Keep, Arl Dusk, Angwar Keep. But actually, between Arl Dusk and Angwar Keep is uh, Palace of the Golden, uh, Palace of the Golden Dawn. Uh, then Angwar Keep. Uh, then Eston. Then Karshak Lightning Rail. Then Making of the Glass Bateau, and then Clawrift. So. This is kind of what I see as the outline for the rest of the campaign. I don't know what's going to happen where. I've got my, my fronts are involved. I've got the Droam. I've got Lido Skull. I've got uh, Lack, and the, um, uh, Lack and the Dreaming Dark. So I've got a fair bit of, oh, I've got Lord of Blades. So I've got a fair number of players that are involved in this situation. And I don't know how they're going to all play out or what's going to happen there. But I at least know, like, Bang, bang, bang. Here's the way the big areas that the characters are going to go. Arathon Keep is mostly, that's going to be quick. And I think that's just today. That is a keep that is being run. Let's see. I, I've got, I, I made a thing for it, right? I got maps and whatnot. Um, oh, I don't have any information about it. Uh, it is uh, held by one of the houses. Um, let's go here. Arathon Keep. Fairly separated. Um, 
thousand year stare. Uh, this is all good. We're just gonna grab this. So it's Damondi. Um, we're gonna steal that and we're gonna throw that right into Arathon Keep. Oh, I don't like that. I'm gonna open that up in Sublime. I hate how uh, copy and paste copies the formatting and, and a lot of tools don't have, so there I've got information about Arathon Keep. So the main thing is uh, Shannara Demadani. That's hard to pronounce. Um, we're going to put her in. Do I have uh, I screwed up. Um, well, actually, what we want to do is create a campaign card for her, probably. I don't know if we need a campaign card or not. Well, we'll, we'll do that later if we need one. Um, Is it, are they called the Thousand Yard Stair? Uh, yeah, Thousand Yard Stair Guild. And uh, they are watching, um, so this is like a secret and clue, right? Uh, uh, M-E-D-A-N-I. So uh, the Thousand Yard Stair is a guild, a guild of House Madani who watches the borders between Thrain and the Mornland. That's that's kind of the first big story. They're probably going to learn that right away. Um, a monastery, uh, a group of uh, warforged followers of the Becoming God have made. Uh, and uh, which one of these locations uh, have made Angwar Keep? Da, da, da. Sometimes it's slow with search. Have made uh, have uh, made Angwar Keep uh, their new monastery. Uh, do you lay other threads for them to tug on for totally different directions? No. Uh, I, I, I don't, I mean, sometimes I will, and boy, they can make choices that, that change directions pretty, pretty thoroughly. Um, and I think when they were in Sharn, I did some side questy sort of things, but I think most players are just interested in sort of continuing to follow the story. They're getting, they're getting the D and D they want. So I didn't really have a lot of side quests. And now it's like there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel of this campaign. Uh, and, and I know that I'm going to want to start running uh, Rime of the Frost Maiden probably later this year. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's still it could be three more months, right? Like this is a, there's a lot going on. And I run three hour games. Maybe I don't know about three more months. I don't know. We'll see a couple at least a couple more months. Which is good, because frankly, I'd rather have a bunch of other people play Rhyme of the Frostmaid before I do, and then I can learn from them. Because um, I'm lazy. What else? Um, so I, try, I dove right into Secrets and Clues. But you can tell that like the secret, the, the, this campaign outline of, of like the eight major locations. Um, uh, so we could, oh, Twisted Half 
uh, Warforged beasts sometimes cross the river between the Mornland and Thrain. Uh, some believe uh, the morning created half warforged abominations. Others believe House Kenneth created these abominations that are only only now free since the morning. Um, <clears throat> members of the Lord of Blades, followers of the Lord of Blades, are active in Eston. Uh, Eston. I don't always try to hyperlink, but sometimes it's useful. Uh, Eston, boy, it's not going to have any trouble with secrets today. I got tons of secrets going on. Uh, was a former capital of uh, House Kenneth. Now a twisted ruin filled with uh, sentient spells, uh, raiders, scavengers, and mutated abominations. Um, uh, uh, what's their name? Oh, Imperi. Imperi. Imperi de Falarn is an Orm agent of Lido who went to uh, Eston, met with uh, Ghost Hoof, met with Parnell Ghost Hoof of the Orm. Then, then traveled to uh, Anguar. Uh, then traveled to Anguar Keep, searching for the path to making. That's a secret and a half, right? But that's sort of the big thread that brings them to to, to uh, Eston, that they, so there is an agent of Lido's skull named Imperi de Falarn. Uh, Imperi was sent by Lido to go to, originally to Arldusk and met with other agents of uh, the Orem there. She's actually an Orem agent. And uh, she doesn't know that Lido is a bad, I mean, she knows he's a bad dude, but she doesn't know that he's a, actually an independent operator. She thinks she's doing this on behalf of the Orem, but she's not. And she found out from this um, snake in the grass, uh, Parnell Ghost Hoof at the Orem, that, um, <clears throat> uh, that the path, she found out that the path to making 
is in uh, Eston, and there is a tunnel that can take one from uh, that can take one from Angwar Keep, where the Warforged are, underneath the river into the Mornland and up into Eston, another tunnel. Uh, and she went through the tunnel. She went there. She she treated with the with the Warforged. Probably gave them something, and then uh, went down through the tunnel and made it there. Probably hired a bunch of mercenaries. She yeah. Uh, let's see. So. Uh, Imperi uh, hired a bunch of mercenaries to take her to Eston. Um, the Aurum have taken over a former Galifarian uh palace known as the palace uh, of the golden dawn they are considered independent ambassadors i guess this place is considered the embassy of the orum as a legal embassy uh, of the Orm within Thrain. That's important from a other standpoint. Um, uh, what other secrets do we have going? That's a lot. I got, I got a fair bit of secrets in there already. Uh, is there anything else we need? Um, I think Imperi brought a Warforge brought a sentient Warforge object with her uh, to convince uh, supposedly help her make her way to making Um, so a lot of secrets, uh, and there are, so in, in, uh, let's go to our other window here. There is a magic item, uh, uh, there is a magic item, a really good one for a docent, uh, A sentient Warforged docent. Uh, small metal sphere, two inches. Uh, two and you must embed that somewhere in your body. This is, uh, you have to be a Warforged. It has sentience. It, um, it can heal you. Uh, yeah, it's got some skills. It's got the personalities. It's like bit from um, Tron. So uh, yeah, she brought one with her. So what's the story here? Let's go back up to our outline real quick. 
Uh, and we again, you know, like in my opinion, trying to think real hard about how the hell the campaign is going is folly because it's going to go in a totally different direction anyway. So there's a very loose idea about where things are going to go. Uh, they go to Arathon Keep. Uh, they meet the uh, Madani, the the Thousand Yard Stare, the Guild, the Thousand Yard Stare, who's watching over. They learn a bit about um, Arl Dusk and what's going on in Arl Dusk. But I don't think uh, Arathon knows anything about um, Imperi or Leto Skald. I think they said, like, we saw that ship fly over once or twice, but it was weeks and weeks ago. Um, you know, Leto Skald was here uh, a long time ago. But they might learn about the Orum and, and uh, Palace of Golden Dawn. They might learn some other things. But then they they end up traveling to Arl Dusk. They go to Arl Dusk, which is a big city. Uh, when they get there, I will describe what's going on in Arl Dusk. Uh, I have some nice pictures of Arl Dusk that I stole. Uh, it's in Thrain, so I have a lot of things about Thrain that I can tell them. Uh, and then I have a bunch of uh, locations that I listed here. Uh, if I start this, I'm just going to, you know. Um, and, you know, these are all places that they can go. Um, we're going to yank the lightning rail station because who cares? Uh, if anybody asks, you, you want to have, you know, you don't want to have so many places that, that people get lost, right? The problem when you introduce a city is there's so many places, right? And everybody gets sort of lost. Whoops. Um, I don't know why I bolded. I can barely see it anyway. So... There's a bunch of locations, uh, and then I have like a bunch of like 10 potential random encounters. I, I set this up for my Wednesday game, so I already have this sort of going, which is nice. Uh, one nice thing when you're running a game for multiple groups is you can reuse material from one game and use it in the other. In this case, I'm doing exactly that. Um, I love this, that there's a, a, a bar uh, called um, The Ogre, uh, and The Ogre is a uh, bar made out of a giant Warforged tank that that made it across from Sire into Thrain and then broke down at the end. And now they, um, uh, and now it's this Warforged bar, this vet bar for veterans. Like they're not, they're not bitter. You know, Thrain says you guys are great. Um, but it's like this old Warforged bar. They know a lot about Angwar Keep and there's some monks from Angwar Keep that are there. Um, so I think that that's kind of a fun, a fun place. You kind of want to make the places sort of new and interesting. So there's an airship docking tower, the Cathedral of the Silver Flame. I guess I spelled cathedral wrong. Come on, no. Cathedral. Uh, I spelled sovereigns wrong. I can't spell with a damn. So, um, yeah, so a few locations. And then, but their main thing is, and I got to, you know, I, I think this is true when you run city stuff anyway why are they there what's their goal and you need to reiterate that like your goal is to find um uh your goal is to find imperi right and i think when they arrive they're gonna meet they're gonna meet someone um there is a uh agent here uh an npc again and it's probably why is this empty why? Why is it empty? What happened? This is bad. Did something terrible happen to my... 
What happened here? Why is my campaign database saying it's empty? And yet I can click on things. Yeah, Evil John's like, oh no. This may be the last day I use <laughs> the last day I use Notion. I think am I having a network problem? Or is Notion having a network problem? It's possible. I gotta be very careful though, because see it says saving. We're gonna we're you know what we're gonna do? We're just gonna close this out here and start over again. Oh notions. Uh I'm going to leave. I don't know what didn't get saved. We'll find out. I think just spelling things. And we'll go back here. And let's go to my Eberron notebook. And then it's coming up. And I click NPCs. But what is that? Why is my... This is terrible. That would be very bad. But it's still linking to stuff. So it, it can't be that bad. Right? Like... Um, uh, what fantastic locations, um, I already, I just mentioned a whole bunch of them. And so it ends, everybody says, don't, let's not get excited yet. Arathon keep, but I'll tell you, like, uh, see, it's still finding stuff. I think we're okay, but yeah, uh, but we'll find out, um, Right, like it couldn't find these pages, and the pages are coming up. So I think I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't know, and I don't, I don't want to know. I'm just gonna pretend like everything's fine. Uh, Arl Dusk uh, Palace. I have a lot of locations. Uh, so I'm just putting them. I'm putting a list of locations in there. Yeah, I don't know why all of a sudden the database is not showing up. Let's just see. And this is saving and it's hanging. So I think Notion's got an issue. Um, something's going on. But obviously, I mean, I'm still on Twitch. I'm still broadcasting, so it's not me. But this could be bad. Uh, let me just drop to. Uh, let's take a look at another uh, notebook and see if I can get to anything. See, now I can't get to anything. No. Yes, you can export. Uh, hey, look at that. <laughs> visit our status page. Oh, this is operational. That's not what's going on. I'm, I'm having troubles. I'm having woes. Oh. I wonder if they're having, like, some of their servers are failing. Sometimes you get this with, like, servers are failing. Uh, see, it's not bringing anything up. Uh, he's not your problem says I'm in my own notion right now and it's being funny the same way. Okay. So we're, you know what? We're just gonna, we're going to cool it on notion. Look, I can't even click the thing anymore. Uh, but I don't want to, I don't want to screw anything up. It feels like Redis broke. I don't even know what that means. No, I want to save my page. I'm just going to let it hang. Skynet. Yeah. The cloud man. But I'll tell you. So no notions. Number one problem in my opinion is no offline mode. Not having an offline mode is really, really, really bad. Um, Snark Knight says, F it, we'll do it live. <laughs> Pretty much, right? Like, the reality of this stuff is like, I, I, I keep the notes to put it in my head. And the only thing that I really have trouble with are names. I could probably get away with a B 
big text file with a list of names that just goes down and I could probably do everything else. Like I know it's in my brain. My brain has lots of connections. It's got all these interconnections in here. It's really nice to have notes like this and it feels good and you got the pictures and all, but holy cow, all I need are names. So, um, uh, bad wrong fun says if one note would just go get on easy backlinks. Yeah. So the backlinks are a really cool new feature of notion. They just added those. Um, I could probably do most of everything in one note, but boy, I, I, I feel like I struggle more with one note, but this is the first time I will say this. So this is the first time I've had trouble with notion, uh, at all. So, um, I bet they're having some kind of downtime problem anyway. So let's talk about what else was, is going on. So, um, yeah, so we're going to have a bunch of investigation. Let's talk about cities. So when, uh, cause this is also feeding into what it might be a city generator, uh, for either a, probably not a, probably a city generator for Sly Flourish's Uncovered Secrets. Um, we need a Notion potion. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. Bad if Notion fails. As long as I don't lose data. Losing data, would that would be bad. If I, if I lost stuff, I'd probably never go back, right? That'd be like, when you lose data from a site, you lose everything because you don't have an offline mode because I can't export easily. It's a problem. So um, the hell is I talking about? Cities. So what do you need in a city? Well, you need, there's two kinds of locations you need to describe in a city. The first kind are the practical locations. We need a place to stay. We need a place to eat. We need a place to buy stuff. We need, you know, and then like, you know, we need a place, any place that we need in order to get our quests going. Um, uh, that that we all need. Uh, then you also want to have places that are that are tied to the characters. So you might say we want to have a Warforge Veterans Bar for for our two Warforge friends. Maybe House Kenneth has a small laboratory here. You know, we can sort of build locations in based on the characters. A really good bookstore that Shane Huss can go to. Um, you know, and it's always kind of fun. <laughs> always kind of fun to, to tug you have locations that are based on the characters i'd really if if notion was working right now i would totally write down some locations that are tied to the characters but instead i'm gonna have to play it by ear um you know you might have i don't know you know it might be a grove or a small a small place where i guess there's shifters here so the idea that um there could be a shifter uh monastery or sort of a grove right like a, a there's a garden where shifter followers of the uh, four winds hang out. Um, so you can kind of have a location that that you know will be interesting to each of the characters, right? And you can kind of drop those into a city. So that gives you about 12 locations to begin with. Um, then I think it's always good to have a list of like what kind of things happen in the city that the characters could run into. What are the encounters I could run into here? If you don't have any, you can always grab... Um, uh, my one of the best selling products written by a bunch of friends of mine, uh, Waterdeep City Encounters. Uh, and Waterdeep, it's a, it was this, I think it's an adamantine bestseller, adamantine bestseller. People love this, and it's worth getting the PDF and soft cover, right? Because it's a great thing that you're going to want to have. And I know it's for Waterdeep, but the encounters here you can really use for just about any city. Uh, but you can also use it to inspire and just come up with like how many encounters you're going to have in the city, not that many right? You're not going to have 25 encounters. So don't write 25 encounters. Instead, write eight, right? And then sort of write eight and then, and then pick the ones that you think are fun at the moment. And generally I throw in an encounter anytime the characters are traveling from one place to another. So if they go to the bar and they're going to head over to the temple, 
um, have an encounter on the way. And it could be like they get harassed by Thrain guards or, you know, this, a whole, you, you, you want to have ones that, are, that, are, that show off the theme of the city that they're in. So I think that that's useful. Again, you don't need a lot. Like one, one thing, since I can just sit here and ponder because freaking Notion is down. Uh, I think DMs will sometimes write random encounter lists and I've done it and that's fine, but don't big, big ones and don't put a lot of effort into it, right? Because these are just for you. You're not writing published stuff. You're just writing for yourself and you don't need a whole lot because you are you and you already have all this stuff in your head. So instead, write eight ideas and just kind of jot them down in two or three words each. You know, what are kind of interesting things about Thrain? Well, they could see a procession of Thrain knights uh, and a Thrain priestess who's kind of, you know, the representation of the the, the woman who um, you saved Thrain. You know, forget the silver flame. Um, you could have, you know, an interesting statue of, of the, you know, the silver flame defeating the demon and trapping the demon in fire. Uh, I had a fun one, which was the street preacher who's talking about the fact that, you know, Thrain has this beautiful surface. But remember, there's darkness within. And you got to always remember there's darkness within. So, like, just kind of... Um, you know, having events that occur that aren't fights, you know, because it's a pretty safe place, but interesting events that could take place uh, that show off what makes the city unique. And then, and you can still make a random list, like make eight of them and then roll a D8 and pick one, right? And then, or you go and you pick one that you think fits the time. So it's all for you to tell a good story. Uh, Trance the DM says, I like to write five combinations of creatures and three set pieces and then whatever feeling should be whatever the party shows up. Yeah, so that's a good, you know, I think combining two lists is a very powerful feature, something I do a lot in Lazy DM Workbook. Uh, you know, combine combine different features and you can get a nearly infinite, not quite, not even close to infinite. It's infinite, it's really big. Um, but like, you know, random monuments, you know, origin condition, unusual effect and physical trait. Those four, 2,400, 8,000 uh, times 100, 80,000, 800,000. So, you know, the cool thing is like one page in the Lazy DM Workbook with four tables can create 800,000 different potential options for monuments. Um, and you get that by combining tables because they're multiple, right? You, every table, I mean, anytime you combine two tables, you're multiplying the tables together. And you add a third, you're multiplying again. You add the fourth and you're multiplying again. You get lots of options. So uh, how's our is notion any better? Let's see, notion status. Don't tell me there's no incidents, man. I'm seeing an incident right now. Ooh, it might be okay. Uh, RSR says the Notion pages are loading. Let's take a look. So that is loading. Uh, did this save? It looks like this saved. If I click Angor, I get Angor campaign database. Yay! There's my campaign database. Whoo! That was scary. Export! Quick! Export! Uh, export format. Markdown in CSV. Export! Save that sucker. Wee. <laughs> it does have a one-click export, which is nice. Um, what else? Oh, so yeah, let's let's you know let's talk about the outline, right? So what's going to happen? They go to Arathon Keep. They learn about what's going on there. They go to Arl Dusk. They're hunting the pathway of Imperi Dufalarn to learn about what she was trying to figure out because she knows where to go. Uh, they might infiltrate the Palace of the Golden Dawn to go find the, 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 the dickwad who's there, who knows where Imperai is. That's kind of an optional thing. My other group did it, and it was kind of fun. Um, then they go, they could instead go straight to Angwar Keep and meet the monks, and the monks will tell them, yes, she traveled through, um, 
you know, she she went through some tunnels here. She had a sentient, small sentient artifact with her, uh, and she headed to Aston with a bunch of mercenaries. But boy, the tunnels down there are dangerous. And if you think the tunnels are dangerous, just wait till you get on the other side of Aston. That place is insane. Uh, they go to Eston. They meet all different kinds of nasty factions there. They see all sorts of interesting ruins. Maybe we have some side quests and stuff. And they eventually make their way to a huge rail station. Uh, and inside the rail station is a massive warforged lightning rail named Karshak. Uh, I'm stealing this directly. There's a lot of components I'm stealing from the Dark Tower for this campaign, by the way, uh, including the sentient orbs known as the emissaries of the Dreaming Dark, um, Lack being one of them. There's actually seven of them. I even wrote little dossiers for all seven. You want to see the seven? So uh, let's, let's, I'm sure you do. We'll go to villains. Uh, I think in villains. So we have Lack is one of them, but Lack is tied to the emissary. So here I have a page of 100,000 years ago, seven orbs were brought to end into Eberron from, uh, what's the place called? Dal from Dalcor. Each orb has its own personality of a powerful quarry within it that acts as emissaries of the Dreaming Dark. Originally, they sought to increase the influence of the Dalcor in the world. They were cut off from the Dreaming Dark when the Colseer brought down the moons. Now they're all have different motivations, but many of the motivations are tried to open up. And there are seven emissaries, Lack, Chris, Vorn, Thrine, Zin, uh, Sin, Case, and War. Uh, and I made little, so, you know, guess what that's stolen from, right? That's like a Dreaming Dark guy. And these are the orbs. That's actually stolen from the Dark Tower comic book series. Uh, so you pick any one of these, like War, right? And Worst of the Emissaries of the Dreaming Dark, held by an ancient gold dragon and Argonesson. And the, they've been battling each other for wills for a, for a thousand years. And if either one wins, it could be devastating. Uh, that is the orb War. Case is, I, I had a lot of fun doing these. And I don't know if, this is like over prep. This is like world building that no one cares about but me. But now you guys have to suffer through. One of the Emissaries of Dreaming Dark, second orb held by the Dakani Empire along with Vorn, now held by a Mind Flayer Lich named Zelex in service of uh, Belashira the Dalakur in the Citadel of Lidless Eyes deep in Kyber, right? Fun, a fun, a fun orb. Uh, so I kind of had like, where did the orb originally get, it was gifted to different empires. Uh, and then they fell and were lost, and, and now they are held. Uh, Sin, uh, Emissary Dreaming Dark, Perfect Crystal Sphere. Uh, the third, third along with Vorn, third of the Argonessan Orbs, held by the Elven Archmage uh, Suntar Kalasor, uh, guest of the Dragons of Argonessan for 1,400 years. The Orb has a longstanding and symbiotic relationship with the Elf. Uh, Sin is actually not a, you know, it's probably more in line of like, hey, we should just let these people live. Thrine, uh, Emissary of the Dreaming Dark, uh, one of the Argonessan orbs, uh, along with War and Sin. Uh, this one is very eager to open up the rift between Dalcor uh, and is held by an ancient brass dragon uh, named Elavarnan in uh, Argonessan. Uh, Elavarnan in the Wednesday game actually showed up. That's when I was like, you know, I should, I should do more of these. Uh, Vorn. One of the seven orbs, Emissaries Dreaming Dark, along with Lack, Chris, and Thrine, originally held by the by the queen, uh, by a, uh, uh, what are they called? The Kani. Uh, once held by a Dakani queen in the city of Old Sharn, now lost in the depths of Old Sharn. Uh, that is Vorn. Uh, and then we have Chris, which is currently held by uh, Leto Skull, uh, one of the Zendrek orbs.
Um, and we have Lack. Uh, Lack, and Lack has tons of backstory because Lack is being held uh, and was one of the two Dalcor orbs. So um, what I like is like, see see the cool like linked page so you can see like that they're linked all together and you can click on any of them and then see here uh, which, you know, which page is linked to this one. One of them doesn't link to it. Which one doesn't? Uh, Chris does not link to this page. I don't know if that matters too much because Chris is linked right there. Um, yeah, uh, Transdia said, this is the kind of stuff where if the wizard goes researching, you can just drop a truck and say, here's what they asked for. Yeah, you could, right? Like, it's possible they could learn this stuff. But I thought it was kind of, uh, since they're a villain, like the, the, the Dreaming Dark is a villain. I was like, these are the agents of the Dreaming Dark that they might deal with are the orbs. And they have one in their possession. They're holding it. So um, that can work. Um, I'm so glad Notion is better. Uh, let's take a look at the note. Oh, I, I don't have a strong start yet. So here's what I'm thinking. How about a couple of giant cyborg, a giant warforged crocodiles uh, come, come over the river uh, with other um, Uh, giant Warforged crocodiles come over the river with some other mutated cro crocodiles. The Thousand Yard Stair could use some help. I think that's a good one. Um, and we will just, yeah, I think I think the idea of mutated, this would be the first time they face some like mutated uh, Warforged things. They've seen stuff like this before. That brings up the question. I just got coffee in my eye. That's no good. Um, that's fine. I'm good with that. Right, Warforce is, you know, they come and they say, there's, there's something's coming across, and they look and I'm like, what the hell is this? There's a bunch of crocodiles making their way across, and mutant crocodiles, and we can use the mutant table. Uh, where's the mutant? Um, let's go, Dink, Eberron Sourcebook, Adventures in Mornland, and I think here we have some uh, mutant tables, unusual locations, monstrous mutations. You think that you could do more than a D6 on this guy? Um, I sure wish I could get to a dice roller a little bit easier um, than having them go to a character, but I'm going to go to a character and roll a d6. Oh, I've got no... I rolled a six. I don't have the 3D enhanced, so it's really slow. Six. Yeah, the creature has two head. A couple-headed crocodiles? Ah, that's boring. Um... Magic resistant crocodiles isn't so bad. Lightning crocs? Uh, yeah, let's say light, lightning crocodiles. There's some lightning. Uh, lightning magic resistant crocodiles. Um, Thousand Yards Dare could use help. So we got that. Uh, campaign outline number three. Oh, scenes. So um, meet the thousand. Yard stare, fight the crocs. Um, oh, that's a good idea. Roll 1d6. Google. Uh, oh, look at that. 
one. That's cool. Good, good to know. Faster than the way I was doing it. Um, fight the Crocs. Uh, leave for Arl Dusk. Um, meet. Oh, yeah. I remember what I was doing when Notion crashed. Uh, which was who's the NPC that they meet? And they are going to meet a member of uh, Constantine DeKneth. Uh, is their meet? And Constantine, oh, come on. Grr. Meet Constantine DeKneth. Um, Constantine DeKneth is uh, a member of House Kneth, but she's also an agent of. Um, uh, oh, I love when people ask questions and everybody else can just type Bang Notion and get a whole list. That's awesome. Um, that little bot was handy. Um. She's a member of the uh, uh, King's Dark Lanterns, uh, active in Thrain. And uh, Thrain kind of knows she's sort of a, a overt agent there. They kind of know that she's there, but she can kind of help the characters get wind of the city. She knows. How would she know that they were coming? Um, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know how, how easy that goes in. She's a, the King's Dark Lanterns are super smart, so she might she might have... She might have ways. She might be like, yeah, we've heard about you guys. All right. And then, oh, and particularly, she's a fan of, um, uh, she knows uh, Shane Husk. Uh, so we've got that. Uh, and then explore the city. And then the choice, whoops, uh, is palace. Or Anguar. So those are kind of the scenes. Uh, we will see how it goes. So I got some of my scenes. I've got my secrets. I've got locations. I've got NPCs. Monsters. We have giant. Uh, I can I can link them too. Da, 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 da. Giant crocodile. Uh, oops. Uh, and then we have baby crocs. Swarm of these guys, right? Where they they're challenged halves, and they're not very. They can grapple and restrain, but other than that. Um, Uh, I don't know if I have any other big, crazy monsters in this one. I don't think this is all a very big combat one. We'll see how people feel about it. Sometimes people dig their combat, but I think when the story is interesting enough, they're, they're good. I think treasure, we're okay. It's probably not bad to take a look at the characters, but I think we'll do that another time. Um, 
I think everybody's got a fair, you know, fair good bit of treasure things going. So I don't think we're going to worry about that. So I think we are uh, all set. I think we've got, well, you know what we can do? We can throw a relic in here. Let's just have a relic. Da, da, da. Do I know? Oh, there it is. I'm pretty sure relics are there. Uh, undead flute that casts wall of fire. Uh, gothic pipe that casts circle of power. Ugh, I hate circle of power. Uh, elemental spike that casts glyph of warding. That's kind of interesting. That one. Uh, chilling elven candle that casts magic missile. Boring. Uh, old orcish tiara that casts dominate monster. Hmm, that's kind of fun. Um, oily draconic glove that casts anti life shell. Uh, cool dark elven box that casts hypnotic pattern. Pristine Orcish Arrowhead that casts Wrathful Smite. That's fun. So there's like three little one-shot, uh, you know, one-use one magic items that I think could be kind of cool. Having an Orcish Arrowhead and you tie it under an arrow and you fire it and then it, it casts Smites like a miniature arrow sling. That could be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so I think I am all set. Uh I hope everybody enjoyed today's session. I hope this is useful. It's always fun. It was a really fun game last time, so we'll see how it goes today. Cities are always tough, though, so, you know, we're going to find out how well it goes. Uh, so I want to thank everybody for coming. Thank you all in the Twitch chat for, for, for hanging out today and helping me, uh, helping with emotional support during my Notion, the, the scary Notion time. And uh, we will be back next week, see how things went, and plan the next game. So... Have a great week and uh, get out there and play some D&D.